This podcast is a presentation of Premier Wrestling Experience. For information on upcoming events and other news, please visit pwxpro.com. Hey everyone, thank you again for listening to the LTX podcast. Before you listen to this episode, I do want to give out a warning. There is language that may not be suitable for children under the age of 18 or if you don't like curse words. So I wanted to put that out there. I was going to edit them out like I usually do, but we get carried away and we just start throwing them out. So this is how me and Tommy talk when we're together. So it's a fun conversation. I hope you like it. Let's get on to the episode. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Living the Experience. On this episode, we sit down with the man who wears many hats, from being a multi-time manager of the year to not being able to say his name without putting a the in front of it. He has represented clients of the likes of Worst Case Scenario, Cedric Alexander, Tessa Blanchard, and The Syndicate, to name a few. The man needs no introduction. So please welcome my special guest for this episode, the Tommy Thomas. All right, PWX fans, we are back with the LTX podcast, and I'm excited for this one. I've been waiting to get this guy on the phone to talk to him, to have this conversation. Even though me and him have had many conversations, consider him a brother in in life, in wrestling, because we've experienced so much together, and hopefully we'll get a fraction of that out on this podcast. But I am talking about the one and only, the Tommy Thomas. How you doing, Tommy? Hey, I'm good. How about you, Pat? I'm good. I see the the uh, shoot job is keeping you busy with all these live streams and all these orders and everything, right? Oh yeah, we're trying, man. We got uh, we we've got too many people coming in and too much work to do. That's a but that's a good thing in these times. I was about to say that's uh, not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's definitely a really good thing. Uh, this week we had Jurassic Express, and of course, uh, my my dear old friend Tessa and her uh, husband Daga. Yeah. So it's been it's been a long week. It's it's crazy because especially more for you so than me because you've done a lot of the conventions uh, as in like the WrestleCons and the Starcast, and you have a lot more interaction with like su- like superstars from the past, superstars from the present, uh, future stars, all this and that. Like if you went back and told yourself what you would do for a living at your age when you were like. 12 or 13 watching a lot of these people on TV. Would you believe it? Uh, probably not. Cause I had no idea that there were even jobs like this in wrestling. Yeah. I thought that it was only, uh, on screen stuff, but, uh, but yeah, uh, just the whole getting to interact with everyone who I could ever imagine wanting to interact with has been pretty, uh, pretty awesome. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, it's like you said, you, you can't believe the, you can't believe you can't believe it till you're there. You know, it's like, uh, I guess John Lennon said it best. The more real it gets, the more surreal that it gets. Ah, beautiful quote. And what's crazy is a lot of people see you, especially a lot of the PWX fans see you and associate you with the, the Tommy Thomas character, the manager, uh, the, the representative, whatever, the, whatever your, your title is, uh, that, that month of that year. Uh, but you are super talented and I'll tell, I'll tell everyone like, uh, you're super talented at what you do outside of like being a manager. You're one of the best 
uh, managers, for lack of a better term, in wrestling, in my opinion, and I'll stand by that. Uh, but like what everything that you do for the High Spice Company, for WrestleCon, you, you've helped us. You're one of the most reliable people I go to whenever we have the New Japan tours. Like you're you're super talented in a lot of areas that I don't know that people give you credit for because maybe they're not just they're just not aware of how many talents you hold. Oh man, I just I find it uh, way better to just work and uh, to let the uh, the work speak for itself. That's Amen. the that's the way I, I try to I try to live my life every day and uh, and try to do things in this business is just you know uh, hope that hope that it continues to pay off, you know, like just show up, do my job well, and, uh, hope that it works out for me. It has, it has so far. And that, that you do. And that has, um, so we'll get into some of the side stories, like some, some fun Starcast stories, if you want to, or WrestleCon stories, but a lot of people listen to this podcast to hear about your time in PWX. And, uh, like I was talking to you before we jumped on the call, and uh, I said, I know how you got into PWX, and it's a very interesting story, and I know you told it numerous times on, on numerous podcasts, but I want you to tell it here. But what I really want to start with is how you got into professional wrestling. Um, there was uh, this really shitty show in the middle of fucking bumfuck nowhere in North Carolina. Wait, we can cuss on this, right? Yeah, I have to go back and bleep it out because we're trying to keep a PG rating. But you are more than welcome to. Oh, I take, okay. I take, no, I take time cues, so you're good. All right, so we're like uh, about, I guess, five minutes in. Roughly. Yeah, we're at four. Uh, we're at four thirty. <laughs> okay, good, good. I still have time. I haven't done a show in a while, so my timing is a little bit off. So it's good to still see that, like, oh, I can still tell when it's been about five minutes. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's uh there was this really crappy show in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. They're going to remain unmentioned because I feel like, especially nowadays we have to be a lot safer in this business and there's no room for unprofessional wrestling. Like you can be like, you know what I'm saying? Where it's Mm -hmm. like, if you're not in it to protect the boys and like, you're doing things the wrong way though, you know, ass backwards in ways that, you know, are not safe for the people who you're out there with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, they're going to remain. I feel like it's time for us to start cleaning up the business and not just saying, Oh, sweep them over here. It's time to, yeah. to, for those people to exit the business. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's why I try to uh, work with only certain people and only be associated with certain people who are, uh, who try to be more upstanding citizens in the wrestling world. I, it sounds really political, but I think you, I think you know me. I think anyone that listens to this knows me well enough to know I'm very much a, a wild card, but at the same time, I still understand where that line is where it's like, Definitely. all right, we can't really cross that line. Yeah. But, um, like, especially when it comes to people's physical well-being and mm-hmm. mental well-being in the business. Definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, so I started at this random crappy promotion in the middle of nowhere and Zane Riley of all people, a great, great man. Yes. Uh, he's, he's probably not going to listen to this one, but, uh, <laughs> but Zane's fucking amazing. Um, gosh. Oh, I have to remember. I can't cut Zane's freaking amazing. You're fine. Uh, it, it's like, he is, if he, he opened a, a very big door for me, like a whole garage bay door 
And I decided to walk up through it. And like, without him, like giving me the Iggy on where to go next, I would have never known. So like mad props for like Zane for that. He, uh, he introduced me to some people who introduced me to some people who eventually introduced me to, uh, to the infamous Tyshawn. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Cause infamous well, I mean, it's, you know, wrestling where it's like, you just meet people who introduce you to other people at shows and you yeah. just go to shows and then eventually you meet the right people. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> web of networking. Yes. But the funny thing is when you, when you're, it's it's completely different in my in my experience of when you've actually like attained some kind of success, the networking as opposed to when you first start. When you first start, you network with whoever you can, and you never know where it will lead. But when you like, you know, I guess I guess in a sense, you still network with whoever you can when you get some type of success in wrestling. But you know, you kind of understand the platform and the business strategy behind it more later. If that, I mean, I might be stating the obvious, but that made sense in my head when I was thinking it. No, no, I completely get you. Uh, it's like, there are some people that, uh, that only affiliate with certain people based on what they can do for them. Mm-hmm. And I choose to look at it. Like, I don't want to be one of those people. I'd much rather affiliate with people that are just good people. You know, they're, they're good people in life and good people in the business. Yeah. And they, and try to make the business better and our world better for, uh, or at least try to, you know, it's a big fucking, or it's a big plan. Oh, <laughs> discussing thing. I'm sorry. We haven't, there hasn't been really, I haven't been in front of a camera really had to talk to fans. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't want, I don't want the edited Tommy Thomas. I want the real Tommy Thomas. So what I will do is instead of having to go out and cut out all these, I will just put a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast saying that there is select language. If you choose not to listen, you don't have to listen. Also, why are kids listening to podcasts? I don't think kids should be listening to podcasts I don't think they unless do. they're like educational. <laughs> yes, but I don't. I don't think I don't know that kids do. So it might. I might. It might just be me trying to PG PG something for no reason at all. Hey, hey uh, no, it's uh, it's with, it's well within the rules, and I like to I like to play by the established ground rules. I will try to uh, refrain from uh <laughs> from from all the four letter words. Yeah, no, um, you're fine. <laughs> but the, yeah, the, the um, shits, dams, asses, and all that—that's perfectly fine. F bombs <laughs> is where I have to pull them off. But once again, I don't know that it hurts us. We have a good, good group of listeners, and I don't know that they even care. So, like I said, I'm going to put a disclaimer. You talk freely. I don't want to. I don't want to limit you with what you want to say, what you want to get out there. Uh, you talk freely, and I will put disclaimer at the beginning. And if they choose to pass the disclaimer and continue to listen, then their virgin ears can get these f bombs. <laughs> I like how their ears are they're, they're the virgin ears. They've yeah. never heard that. Yeah. Multiple I'm, years of life. They've never heard language like ours. I'm sure that 99% <laughs> of the people that listen to this have heard F bombs and cuss words. I'm sure 99% of the people that listen to this have said that to, you know, people and like out there amongst the fans, like yeah. to the guys in the ring. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you Zane found you at, at a little shit show in North Carolina, which there are plenty in North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I guess we can transition into, and I, and I believe I was there. I think I was just coming in whenever you started, whenever you did your first match, quote unquote match at PWX, which is a fun experience and a fun, probably wasn't fun at the time, but it's a fun tale to, to tell. 
it, yeah, it's it was a way different show back then. <laughs> yes, uh, you know it. I know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was a way different show. The locker room was way different back then. Uh, the The mentality of the show was different back then. Yeah. Um, I am. I, I like to think that I am very blessed in the fact that uh, I got to see PWX before it was what most people see it as today. Yes. Or it's like, cause for people like, you know, mm-hmm. people that were there before, like, and I just got in on the tail end of it, but like people that were there under the Tyshawn days were, it was a, it, it was just completely different. Just everyone had a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, and I feel like people still walk on eggshells now, but it's a different type of walking on eggshells where it's like with him, he was just so like, I, I don't want to like insult the guy, but like, he was just so uh, you could piss him off. And it was like, well, that means I, I'm no longer going to be working here ever again. Yes. Yeah. You know, or like, uh, I was going to say, you, you know, you, you or, could just, you could unintentionally do something that irritates him and lose bookings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or uh, you could irritate one of his, one of his people that he is very fond of. And that would just automatically, mean that uh you aren't there anymore so yeah. it's and that shit still happens in wrestling nowadays but it's it, it it try i try to at least have it happen less and be around that less yeah like even if people irritate me and even if i disagree with people i still try to like hey we can we'll figure some stuff out yeah i mean that's and that's that's the biggest thing that irritates me is it's all about communication like if i mean me me and you have had not really falling outs, but disagreements on things. And when it's time to talk, we, we sit down and we talk and we talk through it and we understand each other's perspectives and figure out what each other, what one did to the other or where the miscommunication was or the disrespect. And we correct it and move forward. You know, that's the way everybody yeah. should be. Make it way easier or it yeah. would make life way easier. Yeah. Just communication. That's what I would try to, press on everybody is just communicate with each other. That's what the world needs now, as opposed to everyone, uh, making assumptions to what people mean or talk about. They need to communicate. And if you communicate with someone and their beliefs are as crazy as you think they were, then you have a, you have a established opinion that is an educated opinion on somebody's mindset and behavior, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so you, Correct me if I'm wrong. Your first match, in, and I, and you guys, you heard this right. Uh, and we're going to get to some other matches that Tommy has had with other talents in PWX uh, through through his career. But uh, it was with Craig Huffman, correct? Yeah, good old Hard Knocks Craig I Huffman. Love, love Craig Huffman. Like, uh, it's unfortunate that he got out of the business, but he was one of those guys that put family first, yep. and no one can ever blame anybody for you know, having children and saying, Hey, my, my kids come first. Like no one can be upset with them for that. Agreed but yeah, he was, uh, he, he was one of those people that, uh, me, him, Craig Veltry and Corky Franks, uh, all came from the same, uh, promotion, you know, before PWX. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I guess Zane too, uh, cause Zane was everywhere. Zane still is everywhere though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, 
we all came from the same place. So we all kind of looked out for each other. And I don't want to sound like in a clickish way, but it was like, a, hey, we all have to at least look out for each other because we're all from, you know, that other promotion here in the Carolinas. It's not even that big a business. I don't know why I'm saying it like the place still exists. It's just, uh, but yeah, it, yeah. Everyone knows where I'm talking about if you are wrestling in the Carolinas. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so the so I remember your match with Craig and I remember you were a bumping machine and he kind of just threw you around and it was short. But we don't have to get into the details of the match, but what who was it a person uh like your your decision or someone who said, you know what? maybe the managerial piece of it is better for you. Um, it, uh, it, it was really weird. Like I wasn't even supposed to wrestle that night. Cause I'm not a wrestler. I'm more of a, I'm obviously not, uh, <laughs> but like, I, I firmly believe that if you're going to be in the wrestling business, at least out in front of the camera, you should at least know how to wrestle in some way. Yeah. Like, even if you're not good, you should at least, have a couple of matches under your belt. Um, so I went in knowing that I wanted to be a manager, but I also knew that I might have to become a wrestler more full time than beforehand. And then, uh, had the match with Huffman, uh, and everyone was like, okay, he, he can bump. Let's, uh, see if he can talk. And the next show, uh, they had me cut a promo with Carino. And then the night after that, Oh Yeah. Hang on. I'm trying to figure out if it was the Carino one first or if it was the Evo show first. Because they were um, like, they were around the same like four week period. Yeah. Where Evo and PWX was running back to back. Yeah, that was uh, right. That was right at the tail end of Evo. Yes. Um, either now, way, it was. was uh, your, your promo with Carino was with Ethan and Elijah, right? Yes. Okay. And that was the start of you and Ethan and Elijah. Yes. The, I, I couldn't remember if we I, had done a test run at Evo first before that. Possibly. To see if, I can't remember. That's an Ethan question because he's the one that can remember all these little minor details. Um, I, do, yes. I do know that I think Ethan and Elijah were at Evo, the last Evo show before the PWX show. The I can't remember, but it was the one where the Briscoes were there, and uh, yeah, and I think uh, I think just the Briscoes, maybe Eddie Edwards. I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely the Briscoes. I yeah, remember I they remember were there. Briscoes, and I I, I, uh, I, don't, I can't remember if you went out with Ethan and Elijah on that show or if it was the Crino at Tremont. Yeah. Promo. I just knew that uh, the tag match was, or the first match I had with them where I managed for them was at Evo, where it was them taking on Billy Brash and I want to say Zane. That was at Evo. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time. Yeah, and I didn't know if that was like, if it was one of those things where it's like, if we were doing that as a test run or if it was like a, a whole thing, but eventually it turned into the whole worst case scenario thing, which was probably the most fun time in my career. Like not, not I like I'm not it. having fun now, but yeah. it was like, I didn't know shit. So it was just like, uh, all learning and I love to fucking learn stuff. So it was, uh, it was just a brand new learning experience for me. And it was just like, Oh, 
I'm taking so much in, like I'm getting to learn so much so fast. So I was that gonna, was uh I was gonna say I remember whenever I think of the the time with you and Ethan Elijah and Elijah as uh, worst case scenario, like I remember watching you guys all grow and the creative juices flowing. And one thing I remember is, do you remember when uh, I think it was Nikki took promo pictures at Ziggy's in front of the reggae background and we shot the, and you guys came up and were like this pitch, the whole sports entertainers gimmick. And it was, uh, ISIS, I think, wasn't it? Yes. And then the terrorist one. And then, yeah. And then the terror, the terrorist showed up like shortly thereafter. Um, but I remember you guys coming up and pitching this idea and then us shooting this little uh, corny uh, like infomercial type thing to promote it. Which still has 1,000 views till this day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I remember like I just remember the passion in, in all three of your eyes. And like that's what I love to watch, especially as like as a producer or a booker or whatever, whatever it is called now, is watching like let like watching your minds take over and you just and you, you're just spitting out creative stuff like hand over fist and it's uh yeah i mean that was i can think back on so much of of that run with them and think about so many memories and how it became and we'll talk about all this how it became uh customary for you to either get super kicked or punched and your glasses go flying and like that was created in that time i believe um, yeah, like it's, it, it seemed like it's almost like fate puts you guys together to introduce you to the PWX crowd and to, I guess, the wrestling world on a, on a bigger scale, you know? Yeah. And then, and to think they never did anything like after, after the group split up, like, like neither one of them ever accomplished anything after that. <laughs> they just, they just, I don't know how two guys can both have become Genetti's. I don't know how that's possible, but I mean, did Ethan ever even like get like a championship or anything out of this? He did. <laughs> oh, oh, well, what about, did, did Elijah get it? He did from Ethan. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Well, never mind that. I guess I guess I stand correct. <laughs> how many how many times did they hold the tag team titles? Uh, one time, but it was technically the longest reigning. Ta- well, okay, so right now, wait, time. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off track a little bit. Okay. Uh, real quick, with uh everything that's going on out in the world with the uh, the coronavirus, technically all of uh the people in PWX still have championships, right? Yes. So do their reigns still technically count? Like, so no. is Jason P still a long, like, you know what I'm saying? It, or, and, uh, are the tag team champs still like, does this count towards their reign? I would say for my personal record book, or I, I mean, I guess that is the PWX record book. I say no, because I feel like a reign should be the, when active competition is happening. So... When, so when, when do, what's the cutoff? I'm really like, this is a serious question. When's like the, like, all right. So is it from the date of the last show until the date of the next show? And that'll be like the cutoff time. Yes. When the next show happens, that's when, which is January 16th. Uh, okay. that's when, that's when, so it's almost a year, but I don't think it's fair when you have, uh, people that have 
competed through their entire title reign and they hold, for instance, the worst case scenario competed, uh, or they were either work, they either competed or were available to compete throughout their entire title reign. I know this is kind of like, uh, unfamiliar territory with the pandemic and everything, but it, it, it only makes sense not to count, uh, like our downtime to where we were not able. It's not that we're not running shows it's that we're not able to run shows. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that we'll that uh, this whole time uh, will encapsulate in a month when it comes to title reigns. So if they want them, in, if they want them in February, first show back is January. Then they would that will be considered a month. Okay, I just made that executive so decision the- without consulting the other parties. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, I was just wondering about that. Cause I was like, well, and then Ethan and Elijah were the longest reigning tag team champs. And then it made me think like, yeah. Oh, well technically now the revolt is like, they're going to start crushing records. Yeah. I have, yeah. I, and I'm glad you asked. Cause I haven't even thought of that. <laughs> Truthfully. Yeah. This is, yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing to think of because yeah. no one's ever had to think of this. True. Uh, True. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, worst case, uh, yeah, working with those guys, uh, I love them both, seriously, like 100%. Uh, I don't get to talk to them as much as I want to, but all three of us are massively busy people. Ethan's yes. got uh, the training school and PCW, and Elijah literally has like grown-up stuff that he's doing like yeah he's stuff a family that I'm, man oh man you're like saving lives and i'm like yeah. i sometimes make instagram videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh <laughs> and you and you got to work with a lot of talented like stars in in wrestling not not saying that elijah and you and ethan weren't stars but i mean the young bucks uh the did you guys ever i think you guys they worked the wolves didn't they davy and eddie uh, no, they didn't get no. to work the wolves. Uh, Country Jack uh, ended up working them. That's right. Uh, it was on the same. It was uh, not at PWX, but at a at a different show in the Charlotte area for a Legends Fan Fest. Gotcha. But yeah, um, right. no, we got to have a lot of fun, and we got to work a lot of people and uh, interact with some people. And um, oh yeah, the whole thing. To get back to the original point of how uh, the whole bumping in every match thing came into play. Yeah. It was just kind of like a, a a way to, I guess, get the fans into it where it's like, if I'm just out there being annoying and not bumping, it gets me heat. But if it's so early on where the fans don't know me, so it's like I had to do something to really stand out. So yeah. if I'm going to be a manager that takes a bump in every match, I'm going to stand out by doing it, which yeah. then eventually was what helped with the whole syndicate thing, which I guess we'll get to later. But yeah. with me not bumping in the syndicate or ever getting touched in the syndicate, yeah, that, that whole thing is just like a, it's a whole story progression of, all right, I'm going to get my butt kicked continuously, continuously, continuously. Mm-hmm. We can't go any further with me getting my butt kicked. All right. So now I can't get my butt kicked anymore, which makes the fans go, well, shit, we want to see him get his butt kicked again. Yeah. Definitely. Well, now he hasn't gotten his butt kicked in forever. Mm-hmm. Wait, when is he going to get his butt kicked? He hasn't gotten his butt kicked. And then it makes him even angrier. It's uh, it's good old-fashioned storytelling. 
yeah. killing the business here on the podcast. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, one, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that I think you are the most talented at is shit talking with the fans during matches. And I don't know if you had that from day one. I've tried to remember when I was preparing for the podcast. If you've had that since day one, but I feel like you've progressively gotten better and like like I said, no like no BS, like you are the best I have ever seen at this in like interacting with fans during matches without taking away from the match, more so adding to the match and adding to the fans wanting to see the face in that match go over. Like is that something that kind of you built or did you have that idea like like you talking about the bumping in matches? Is that something that you had in your head that you needed to do to stand out? Um, I, I, uh, I think Patrick, you know, how, like how psychotic I am. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm a crazy person. I read every like, well, not, I clearly can't read all of them, but like I read pages and pages and pages of fan responses to everything going on in the wrestling world. Like I don't tweet a lot, but I literally read Twitter nonstop. So like if I see the fans are like starting to shift towards one direction, I try to do something that I know is going to make them mad. So if like, um, it's like that old cactus Jack thing where it's like everyone in ECW was expecting him to be super hardcore and be out of control. And then he'd start work doing matches where he'd work a headlock. So I'm just trying to, I troll the fans because the fans are putting so much stuff out there that I'm like, well, I mean, shit, if they're all saying they hate it when a wrestler or a performer does this, I'm just going to start doing that because they're all literally saying they hate that. Like, yeah. it, 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 that's just the way I look at it. If you study the fans and you know what the fans want, you, you can you can play with them as much as possible. And then it gets to the point where they understand that you're paying attention to them. So it makes them play your game yeah. because they feel like they're included in it where it's like, Oh man, this dude's actually paying attention, even though it's uh so he's playing this character. He's paying attention to me as this character. That means I get to play back with him as, you know, whatever. And they, they play back into it. It's just, I like to study the fans because they are what pays the bills. Honestly, definitely. definitely. <laughs> As we have, as we have all found out, it's very, very hard to make money without fans. Yes, very. <laughs> like, let's be, let's be real. Definitely, uh, definitely. Without live fans, <laughs> to be exact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, it's, uh, and I can attest to you saying that you read everything because uh, Tommy is the first person to ever uh, text me, notify me of situations that I need to be aware of as well as like upcoming talent that I need to pay attention to. So that's that I will stand by your statement on that all day, every day, because you are, you are the, you are, you are on top of everything in professional wrestling. And if I needed, if I need an answer, I need, I have a question, need to know something I can text you or send you a message and you'll get back to me with the answer. Yeah. Like I, I, I obsess about this business. I guess it's why I work the job I work. Yeah. Uh, and like I, I watch promos all day and I watch clips all day 
and I read uh, Reddit all day about what fans are talking about. I watch YouTube videos about it. I read the comment section in YouTube. Like, yes, I'm sick like that, that I read the comment section in YouTube <laughs> of wrestling videos just to see like, oh, this random person with, well, actually, I do kind of have rules to this, though. But I'm, I'm going to delve into a little bit of my craziness here. Okay. Uh, if someone doesn't have a profile picture or they only have like a limited amount of posts, I, I don't acknowledge them. I think that's a troll. Yeah. But if it's someone who I can clearly see is an obvious wrestling fan and they tweet something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take their word a little bit more than, you know, someone who's just trolling. Yeah. So that's that's the way Makes I sense. look at it. So I'm just I'm just studying people and what the people like and seeing what pops and seeing how many likes certain videos get for certain people just because of you know what they did in that video. It's just if you can, I feel like if you can connect to the fans, if you still feel like a little bit as a fan, but you can still connect with them while you're still in the business you'll continue to make money and excel in the business. Definitely. Rather it's on screen or behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So when we moving out of uh, the moving out of the worst case scenario breakup, uh, I know I got hired by PWX to be the senior representative in charge of talent and public relations. Yeah. Sorry, the longest <laughs> job title in the history of job titles. Which I remember. <laughs> Which, okay, uh, so yeah, that was that I was, was say, a big issue that me and you had. Uh -huh. That was a, that was a big issue that me and you had was uh where me, Ethan, and Elijah realized that it was time to go our separate ways yeah. for creative differences. Um. And my idea was like, well, we got to make it big. It can't just be, we just go our separate ways. And you were like, no, you were going to make this as small as possible. We don't want it to be a big deal. Cause later on when it builds to Ethan and Elijah splitting, that's going to be the big deal. And I'm like, man, we could have, we could have found a way for like me to like get a tag team to try to take them out. And they, they take us out and then I go and do something else somewhere, you know? Yeah. But that, that's one of those things where it's like, uh, the creative path is different. That's, and that's where people disagree on things. And it still shows we still work together after that Yeah. and got through that. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. And I remember you coming up with that title <laughs> and me and I'm trying to think of the conversation. Like you give you say this is this is the title that I think I need, and you and you give me the entire thing, and I'm like, we're gonna put that in the lower third, and you're like, you damn right we are. <laughs> yeah, like because great the the thing that um like it, for lack of a better term, what the WWE was doing at that time was the for lack of a better term the way wrestling was. Yeah. So it was like trickle down. If WWE was doing something at that time, kind of the rest of the wrestling world was doing something in the same vein. So yeah. at that time they had John Laurinaitis and they had all these public authority figures. PWX wanted to have public authority figures. So if John Laurinaitis has this big gaudy title, yeah. why shouldn't I, why shouldn't I, if I'm trying to be in his shoes, why shouldn't I try to have the same kind of, long title and oh and i just want to i'm gonna kill the business here if at that time people were like oh why would you want to be like the wwe 
they're the biggest money making in wrestling. Like, yeah. <laughs> why would you not want to model a little bit of yourself after the biggest money makers? No one's ever going, Oh man, I want to be like the Brooklyn brawler. Yeah. Like everyone's like, I want to be like Hulk Hogan, you exactly. know? Sorry. Yeah. That's just, that's just a little personal tangent. My bad. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just because, uh, just because you might not agree with their booking philosophy or their storytelling doesn't mean that they don't have some knowledge and have figured out a piece of the pie or a piece of the puzzle to draw the biggest numbers and the biggest eyes in the world. They're a billion dollar company. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've done something right. So you can try to pick and choose what you want. And there's no, no shame in that of trying to take some of what they do and incorporate it in your own business. That's yeah. That's it, business. That, that's just, yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone does it even, and I'm not even trying to diss AEW in any way, shape or form, but like AEW, look at the way that they shoot their stuff. Yeah. It's so that the casual WWE fan can tune into their programming and see. Yeah. Oh, and it's, wow, and it's smart. Along the lines. Yeah. Because no matter, it, it, no matter what your wrestling product is, when someone sees it for the first time, they're going to associate it with the WWE. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's no getting around um, that. There's no changing that fact. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. It, there. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. So, so but I yeah, know. So we, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. I was gonna say. So that's when we were doing the whole uh, thing with uh, uh, Brian. Oh, and the other part of that was Brian can't talk worth a damn. Still can't. Like Brian can't cut a promo to save his life. You were too busy backstage actually like running the show. Mm -hmm. So it turned into, well, we need somebody to talk for Brian. Yeah. So that's where that's where my role came into play. And that also kind of helped with the revolt who were who were becoming a thing against management. So yeah. they can both cut a promo. But if they're cutting a promo on Brian and Brian can't talk. I was the person to at least be able to go back and forth with Zane and Caleb. Yeah, definitely. So just for time, for time purposes, we're, we'll fast forward to the creation of the syndicate, which is a big part of, of the run. The, I, I know I, I said it with TJ on the podcast. I'd say it with Elijah, Timmy, anybody else that were, that would be on the podcast. I think we left a lot on the table with the syndicate. Um, and I, and I take, I take probably 60% blame, 70, maybe 70% blame of just not having a, fi a finite plan in place. It was like, I remember, and I think, you know, this story, I think Ethan, Ethan was the one that pitched the syndicate idea to me and he wanted to yes. be and and he wanted it to be you and him because that was out of the blue. And I knew that. Like Ethan's the biggest baby face. He's like, yeah. he's like he's the John PWX. Cena. Yeah, he's Mister PWX. Yeah. It's it, you can't. I mean, you can eventually, but at that point in time, I was in my mind, I was like, we can't make that turn because he's you're you're not you're not selling t-shirts like you're selling. You're not selling tickets to see you beat up people like Elijah. But uh, I know Elijah was talking about leaving and was kind of on his way out. And I came to you and I was like, listen, I. Ethan pitched this idea. You and Ethan, I believe, had talked about it. And I said, I think you and Elijah would be, would be better with it. And we form and we build this. And, I mean, God's honest truth, I can't take credit for the name 
the look, the anything, because you guys, the way I work is if you guys, like if, you, if you're sold, you know this, but to the people that are listening, if, if the talent is sold on the idea, I just let them run with it. Like, just tell me what you, how, what you want out of it. Tell me what you want it to be. And you guys came, came with the, I think the original name was the gorilla syndicate. And then we changed it. And that. then that led to some violence or some potential violence, uh, in in real life, which, uh, yeah. which, yeah. Uh, which I'll just clip note that story. Uh, someone messaged me threatening violence against me personally because they thought that we had taken their name when in fact I had no idea who they were. Yes, like I had exactly. met the dude like once at a show, but like never like as the group, you know what I'm saying? Where yeah. it's like, Oh, it's just this guy. Okay. Cool. It's just, it's so cool. it's, it, it is a matter of coincidence. Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah, I still was, have no idea who, who that was, but, uh, and not even to diss him or no, anything no, no. like that. It's just like, uh, I, I totally get it. And as we've seen, with some stuff that has happened recently, yes. uh, name theft is a real thing in the wrestling business. So yes. I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and we followed suit and changed it to the syndicate. And, yeah. uh, like you, you and Elijah pretty much had your pick on who, who you wanted to be in the syndicate, who you wanted to, to be the main players. And I know at the beginning it was, uh, you, Elijah, Timmy and TJ, correct? Oh, no, the original lineup was, was supposed it? to be me, Elijah, Montana, and Bobby Ballantyne, but then both Montana and Bobby both got injured respectively. Yeah. And when I say injured, I'm well, you guys know what happened to Montana. Yeah. And of course Bobby's injury that happened. Yeah. Um and but like the whole start of the syndicate was all Ethan and Elijah. Mm-hmm. Like those two were the brain trust behind the whole thing, or at least uh like from the creative standpoint from the boys, like yeah. I just took orders from you guys, like from, from Elijah and Ethan and you and just went, all right, cool. This is, this is what I'll do. <laughs> but I think, I think you were a vital part of that because you're once again, your promo ability and I, you added like the character, of the Tommy Thomas people hate and they love yeah. to hate, they love to hate, which is, which is when you can really get them is when they love to hate you. And I think that ultimately, I mean, the way we unveiled it, yes, I get it. Uh, that of course that was going to get some heat on you, but I think you with Elijah, Elijah finishing up his. Uh, did Elijah and Ethan do? They did their breakup before the syndicate started, correct? Yeah, yeah, they had their big blow off match, but it still ended up being where it was like Ethan was, or the feud with Elijah or the feud with Ethan was the whole Elijah catalyst for starting the syndicate yes. thing. Where okay. It was like, and then it we was, did, uh, then we did the big reveal at, yeah. And Cabarrus. Yeah. Where we beat up James Drake. Yes. And did, we did the whole mask thing, which we, uh, did away with after that first night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, which we uh, could have, which that, that was one of those things where it's like we could have run with that for a, at least two or three shows where it's like these mass people who yeah. are these mass people coming out, jumping yeah. people. Yeah. And I think the reveal went well. Uh, and it, it gave us a chance to introduce TJ to the PWX audience. Um, yeah. It gave us a chance to. Devin Knight. Or Devin Knight. Devin Knight. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it gave us a chance to kind of reinvent Timmy. I mean Timmy had Timmy Timmy was always the uh like a, a great wrestler, 
and his 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 ability to like fly and do things that you would never think he would be able to do like caught the attention to the fans but i think this i think the syndicate is what kind of elevated him and then the run that him and tj had as the tag team of the syndicate kind of I personally think that uh, Timmy is probably he's he's so good. I don't even think he realizes how good he is, and he's yeah. still not unlocked his full potential. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, uh, and nobody takes this business more more uh, personally than he does. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen him make the smallest mistake and take it like so beyond personal, where it was like you would have thought the world was ending because he made a mistake. And it's like, dude, no, it, it was, it, it was great. And he's like, no, man, that's, that's not how I want to operate. That's not how I want to do this. Yeah. And with boss boss is boss is the man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, boss is literally, uh, I honestly couldn't imagine finding a better, well, I didn't find him. You guys found him like Skylar found him. I think Drake and, yeah, Drake like, and Skylar. Yeah. Skylar and Drake were the big discoverers of TJ boss. Mm-hmm. He was one that slipped through the cracks with me and it's cause he was working at one show and that yeah. show doesn't even, finish. it's just a random show in the middle of nowhere. And Skylar and Drake discovered him and put him on and, like uh, I'm thankful to to Skylar and Drake for for introducing me to Boss. Like, yeah. and I didn't even want to work with them at first, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was like, I met him backstage, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah. and it wasn't even like some disrespectful thing. It was like, yeah, he just showed up out he, of nowhere. He, yeah, he just showed up, and it was like, all right, you're working with him, and it's like, oh, uh, okay, I I don't know who this guy is. What's this guy's name? And then he had to like introduce himself to me, and I'm not. I'm not even like a jerk or anything like that. It's just more of a, Oh, you're just dumping somebody on me without any, any prior knowledge. Like not even like a a text before the show. Hey man, we're going to introduce somebody uh, as your newest client. Here's one of his matches. It was just more of a literally two hours before we're supposed to be out there. Hey, this is your guy. Yeah. Oh, Oh, okay. Dang. <laughs> okay, and that that was like the main thing where I, that was me and boss's initial issue, and like, and uh, I'm beyond thankful that he uh, he got over that because you know, like he he could have just said, "All right, screw it, I'm not going to work with this guy." Yeah, if he doesn't want to work with me, I don't want to work with him. But like, he was the much bigger person, and I'm thankful that he's so great, and I'm genuinely gracious, not just to not just to you guys, but honestly to him 100% because I feel like he added a lot to my career. Like boss oh, is definitely boss is amazing. He's, he's one of I those guys. Saying enough great things about him. Yeah. He's one of those guys that I like, there's no way I can take credit for anything he does. It's just a matter of putting him in, giving him opportunities and him just knocking it out of the park every time he's got an opportunity. Yeah. He is, he is fantastic. And, and like, honestly, one of my biggest regrets in my career was not like, not only like, like just not giving him his flowers sooner, you know, yeah. like not, not giving him the respect and admiration that he deserves sooner. Cause like, I, I can't think of a better person who I want to be traveling the roads with than yeah. him and Montana. So Agreed. yeah. Then, uh, 
Okay, so with the syndicate, because we only got about fifteen minutes left, uh, with the syndicate, the like what what stands out to you as the like the pivotal moments through the through the syndicate run, and with that, um, preface that with what I said before is I think we could have, and I like I said I take most of the blame because I'm the one that had had the hell I I was the one at the head of the ship during a lot of the syndicate stuff, and I just didn't. I don't know that I didn't see it. I didn't just put enough time and effort into it, but, but there was some memorable moments with the syndicate in PWX. Um, I think the biggest moment with the syndicate was war games, honestly. And that was, and it was, I think the bit, it was the best and worst moment for the syndicate. Mm -hmm. It was the best because it was because I mean, we're going to, we, we've already killed kayfabe here, but, uh, uh, like, that argument over who was going to win that match was, was massive. Like that wasn't just like a, uh, Hey, all right, this is who's going to win. No, that was a whole big long debate between the syndicate team, PWX creative and Tommy dreamer. (laughs) Cause Tommy dreamer was, we had a whole match going into this thing. And then Tommy dreamer threw a monkey wrench into that and not like in any kind of mean way, but it definitely elevated the syndicate. Yeah, like his monkey wrench was definitely what elevated the syndicate because he had the idea of me not getting touched. It was, uh, and to go back to the original uh, thing where it was like, yeah, me getting beat up to me not getting beat up, making the fans want it more. Yeah. He added that in. I was supposed to get color in that match, and he was like, oh no, I don't think he should ever be touched. Yeah. Like if they're gonna go over, let's give them the real heat. Like don't don't half-ass heat. Yeah. Uh, but the and, thing and was the way the way that you guys did it was brilliant yeah but the the whole thing with the match was the finish the finish kind of got wonky for lack of a better term because of a communication breakdown i don't know whose fault that was um but the finish didn't take right with the fans and i feel like that was the moment because it was supposed to be all right, Elijah's about to split from the group. Yeah. Cade's obviously about to take over, mm-hmm. but it didn't come across that way. It kind of it, it just came it, across it, as it a felt... belt shot and a pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, the the teamwork instead of like, oh, this is the big split from the group. And I feel like that was one of those moments in the group where it was like, all right, well, we just got all this momentum, like we built this balloon, and then it just got popped immediately following. Yeah. Just because it, it wasn't, and like, and it, it was just, like I said, it was just, I feel like the fans didn't get what was happening in that moment. Yeah. And that's not, and it's not on the fans. It's on us as yeah. performers to make sure that they get what's going on in that moment. Definitely. And it's, uh, and like, and I, and it might not, that I, I never, I've never even thought about it like that. And you make a good point. And I don't, and I don't know that it caught its legs after that because shortly after that was when Elijah was finished up, right? Yeah, Which, uh, we jumped Elijah out of the group, and that was a it was a great moment for mm-hmm. you know PWX showing unity together against this cancer in the company, and you know, and now the syndicate is like the big thing in the company that's evil over here doing their thing, and yeah. that's where I feel like we should have with the implosion of the group, instead of it just being like a, uh, like the boss versus K thing. I feel like it should have been a much bigger implosion where it's like that big of a group shouldn't just 
fizzle out because two members fight. It should have, and me personally, I even said, uh, we should have added an extra member to the group to kind of get the numbers back up. So that yeah. way, when it implodes, it's that much bigger of an explosion. Yeah. Uh, but once again, a- as we've all said throughout this podcast, and as we found out on multiple podcasts from the PWX podcast network, disagreements happen. Yeah. Uh, it's with every wrestling company. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and the thing is, I feel like that the, Boss, the boss Cade thing that was supposed to happen kind of would have pulled that out of the, for lack of a better term, the ashes, you know, and gave that yeah. gave that run because I was so looking forward to that, and then, but the, of course we all know what happened there and who knows what happens now, but um yeah, but yeah, it's I it's it was like once again you like you just like popped a bulb in my head with the with the uh, war games thing because I never even thought about it like that. I knew I knew that it didn't come across the way we wanted it to come across, but I didn't even think about like the way you put it, it makes complete sense. Which makes me it was making me restructure how everything because I know like Elijah leaving kind of took the took the other leg out from underneath underneath yeah. the body, and then it was just like scramble 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 from there. And yeah, the uh, two two things I want to touch two there's a one PWX thing I want to touch on. Uh, and, but before I do that, I want to touch on something that didn't happen in PWX, but I think was some of your best work. And I know I'm bringing, uh, light to quote unquote competition to the company, but your run with Cedric, where Cedric was your client. I loved everything that you guys did and wherever you guys did it. And, uh, how was that? Because like most people know that Cedric kind of came up with us and Cedric's all of our really good friend. And, but I mean, it working with a talent like Cedric elevates your game as well, you know? And I think in, in turn, you helped Cedric get that, get more of that heel character when he was, when you were, uh, representing him. Tell me a little well, bit about Cedric how the nicest person on the planet. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> but tell me, tell you, yeah, tell me how that, how like your memories from that run with, with Cedric, because once again, I wish God. I wish I, I would have. I would have thought of it and did it in PWX, but I didn't. And kudos to who, who I mean, did. It was. It was almost done. In, you almost did it in PWX, where it was going to be Cedric, Chip, and myself as like this kind of group. After I left, worst case. Yeah. But then it ended up just like Cedric and Chip both got separate things that ended yeah. up going with the company, yeah. and it wasn't even like uh, like they didn't leave or anything. It was just like well, we're going to do different storylines with both of them because we got these ideas going. Yeah. So that, that was the, the sway. And then Cedric was about to get signed. So then it was like, well, we can't do this angle anymore. It's not going to work because if he's only here for five more months. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no, Cedric's freaking awesome. He is, he is the man. Uh, I couldn't be happier knowing him, yeah. uh, which actually brings up a really good debate we were having yesterday at, uh, at the office. Uh, so PWX has three massive stars that it produced mm-hmm. three major stars of those three. In your personal opinion, who do you think is the top draw of the three between Cedric Tessa and hangman page? I would, have, and I'm not uh, trying to put you on the spot like that, yeah, but it's like all three of them say, came from the same place and yeah. they're both are all three of the draws. 
I would have to say Tessa because as, as in what happened, like pre-pandemic, I would say Tessa yeah. because Tessa had been given the biggest spotlight. I don't think Ring of Honor uh, or WWE have given Cedric the right spotlight and given him the ability to show what he can do and be a draw. And I don't think, like, I think Adam has it in him. I just don't think, I don't think it's his time yet. I think give it, give it another uh, year and the, like the time will come when Adam page is the face of AEW and then he might pass Tessa. But I think overall, man, Tessa has been the face of that uh, women of wrestling. Uh, wow. I think that when, when yeah. that show was on, Tessa was the face of impact wrestling when they were in a rebuilding phase or when they were trying to get to the, to the biggest. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's gotta be my honest opinion. Tessa, I think Tessa's work rate and, and look and gimmick and like the whole package has been there and she's been given the opportunity to showcase that on a, on uh with the bigger spotlight on her. I, I like, I think it's hangman. And that's not even a diss towards Cedric and Tessa because mm-hmm. you know how I feel about both of them. Yeah. But like, they're about to put a whole company on him and MJF shoulders. Yeah. And, and I do agree with you. It's not right now, but it's definitely in about a year or two. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I think that's a great debate for the fans to have. Definitely. Definitely. I feel like that is, that is one for like the PWX fan page to, to have a debate on. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of things, I have to plug this before I forget. Go ahead. The new Jack Saint oh, Space podcast. Please do. I love available it. Available on all platforms. Uh, it's New Jack. He's unfiltered and he's crazy. <laughs> uh, like I'm seriously terrified of him. Most of the time, when you hear my voice crack or like me start stuttering throughout the podcast, it's because he's giving me the actual like death stare. Like <laughs> he is genuinely terrifying. I'm nervous every time I'm around him but it's probably some of the best work of my career and hopefully of his. You know what? We have, we have four minutes left before it's time to hop off. So forget about the other PWX thing we're going to talk about. I want to, can you tell me how this came about? Because as soon as I saw you announce, announce it, and as soon as the first episode went live, I subscribed to it. So I'd get every one of them because I have to listen to every one of them. And, uh, but I've always wondered how like this came about. If you can tell me, if you want to save it for your podcast or for the new Jack podcast, you're more than welcome to. It's super. uh, Jack did a signing for high spots Uh uh, and he, uh, me and him just clicked for whatever reason. And we were talking and I was like, Hey man, uh, do you do podcasts? And he was like, I've been thinking about doing one. I don't know where to start. And I was like, that's crazy because I've been thinking about doing one too. And I think I know where to start. And we just ended up linking up, and uh, uh, I guess the rest is audio history. So now, does he, he is, live? Uh, does he live close by? He he lives in North Carolina, so I normally can okay. travel to him. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. He, yeah. He is. He is definitely a wild man, and I all of his it. stories are completely and totally insane. That's and amazing. I'm once again seriously terrified of him. I love that. <laughs> all right, and. The last but not least, I think uh, anybody who has ever watched the Pure Brand uh, knows that you are the voice of the Pure Brand, and uh, I was, asked, was the voice of the Pure Brand. You, yeah, you were the, the voice, voice of the Pure of the Pure. But uh, <laughs> like I, I asked you to do that just out of the blue because I had new people that were coming in, and I knew you could help them. I knew you had done commentary; you were good on commentary, 
And uh, like you kind of took that in stride and you shaped like rest in peace, heck. And uh, you have shaped Dave Foster and taught him so much in the short time that you guys were able to do it. Like, do you, do you, do you have a passion for the commentary? Is it something that you love uh, doing? I have a passion for making the business better. Gotcha. That's seriously, that is my genuine passion. So if sitting at a commentary desk and helping people improve is going to help the business overall, I will gladly do it just because it, Dave getting good and, you know, and of course, rest in peace, heck like, yeah. God, Oh man. Oh, heck. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, if I can, if Dave gets good yeah. and then let's say Dave gets, uh, to AEW, new Japan, NWA, and he mm-hmm. does great there. That just means the business is getting better. That's, that's Definitely. all I want is just the business to continue to improve no matter, no matter what. And, and that's one of the very many reasons that I love you, Tommy Thomas. The, Get the business better. That's all, that's all it should be. Amen, we should buddy. be having good business, good business people and the protect the sport we love. I hear you. Well, I appreciate you, man. Time is up. It's time to go grab some dinner. And uh, prepare for your next New Jack podcast. So I encourage everybody yeah, then, to go uh, find that podcast and listen to it because it is a hell of a listen. And I feel like er- there's no way one episode is is the same as the other. It's it's so random and so crazy. And if, you, if New you, Jack's random and crazy, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you have the perfect podcast partner, and he has the perfect uh, mediator for it. So. Yeah, man. Is there anything else you want to put out there before we jump off? Uh, support indie wrestling guys. Like all these young up and coming kids, just keep doing it. Y'all like y'all are the future of the business and there's more than just on camera jobs. Like there's tons of jobs behind the scenes that most people don't talk about. Uh, guys like guys and girls, like let's get more girls in production. Yes. Like how come they're like, there should be more women with holding cameras in their hands and learning how to edit videos and all that stuff. So like, let's just, let's just encourage the youth to, to, you know, want more from this business and help improve this business overall and show that they can do more than just be on screen talents. They can work behind the scenes. They can help with production. They can do all that. It's not as glamorous, but it it's making the business better and it actually pays pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm making money. I, I, <laughs> the less I'm on camera, the more I make. It's real weird. <laughs> All right, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Pat, thank you so much, man. You, man. And fans out there, enjoy wrestling. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that. Thanks, Tommy.